is Jared the GM live from the Oktoberfest at the Bicentennial Mall. Three days, Floyd Reese, of this, and it is all free to the public. But get that app, the Nashville Oktoberfest app. You can buy beer uh, tickets or coins or beer tokens right there on the thing. You can. It's got maps. It's got event schedules, who's playing what. All kinds of stuff all out here at the Bicentennial Mall. Fireball Hot Take Friday. On Sunday, the Titans will visit Denver. Floyd Reese, my question for you is this. You seem kind of down on Marcus today, by the way. I would just like to... I'm not, I mean, I'm no different on Marcus than I am every day. Which... It's kind of down on Marcus. Well, <laughs> but you're also hey, not a lot of options there. <laughs> kind of down on Derrick Henry. So my question to you is this: Who do you trust more Sunday at Denver, and who needs to have the better game, Marcus Mariota or Derrick Henry, if the Titans are going to go to Denver and do what they want to do, which is win the football game? Well, I trust Derrick more, but we need for Marcus. To have the better game. So. <laughs> Why do they need to have Marcus to have the better game? Because he's the quarterback. I mean, he's every snap he touches the ball. Every stat, he's going to have more of a factor on whatever you do on offense than anybody back there. Well, that's not true. At the end of the year last year, I think Derek had more of an impact in those games than Marcus did. I mean, you can think what you want. You can't tell uh, me you can't tell me that Jacksonville game that Derek ran for two quarterbacks. Quarter, well, there's exceptions to everything. The Giant game where he there's ran for one seventy the next to week. Everything, but the the Redskin game where he got hurt. Ninety percent of the games that you play in, the quarterback is the key factor. He's the guy that's going to determine whatever's going to happen, and he's not by himself. I mean, he's going to need help or doesn't get help or whatever the case may be. But he's the guy that if you're going to, you know, if you beat a team that you probably shouldn't beat, it's probably because the quarterback does something special. If you lose to a team that you probably should be, it's because the quarterback has thrown interceptions or is getting sacked or, you know, fumbles or whatever the case may be. And I'm not talking about the Titans. I'm just talking about in general. See, I think the Titans are the opposite. And that's why I go with Derrick Henry. I think Derrick Henry needs to have a big game more than Marcus Mariota needs to have a big game because when Derrick Henry has a big game, the Titans win. I can't remember the last time Derrick Henry had a big game for the Titans and they didn't win the game. I mean, he when he has a big game, when he runs for 100 yards, you usually win. And this in, game is no different. In the no NFL different. now, 100 yards is not big. A hundred yards is not big, right? And if he gets it, you win. One hundred and fifty is big. No, no, no. But if you get a hundred seventy is if big. you get a hundred from Derek, you're probably going to win the game. I can't say that. I think their record is like, like thirty-one and two. What did you get last week? Eighty, eighty-five, seventy. I think something like that. I thought it was eighty. And they should. And they. And if Derek gets an extra twenty. A.K.A. Jack Conklin doesn't call, get called for holding on his touchdown run. They probably win the game. Well, that, the touchdown run was a yard. No, that that was the touchdown that didn't get called back. The other touchdown, I think, was 11 yards. 
Derek had 78 yards last week. Yeah, 80 yards. So, so, give, so mean, give him that other touchdown. It's a totally different game. 80, if Derek has 102 yards, touchdowns, you, you win. I would say if, if you – I would say most good running backs, and we've talked about this before, if he averages 80, yard every, 80 yards a game every game – He'll end up with what, 1,200, 1,300 yards? Something like that. Which will make him the one, two, three best running back in the AFC. So that's good. And we lost. So, I mean, I don't, you know, you, I think the running backs are big, and I've always, you know me, I mean, running game has been vital to me forever. But if you're going to go out and win like a bunch of games in a row, if we're going to win four games in a row, it, it's not going to be because Derek, and primarily because they can stop Derek if they want to. I don't care who you play. If you want to stop Derek, you can do it. Because you can bring 11 guys down. It's exactly right. And if the quarterback can't do something to prevent that from happening, then he's not going to have much of a chance. So, I, again, the question for me is about this game. Who needs to have the bigger game, Derek or Marcus? And I, I think it's still Derek. I'm with you. You can't get on a roll if the quarterback doesn't do his part. No. But I, I'm not thinking about getting on a roll. I'm just thinking about winning the Denver game before I think about getting on a roll. And in the Denver game, I believe Fangio, his number one goal is to stop Derek Henry. Like, if you were to do Fangio's three things instead of Floyd's three things, wouldn't number one what you don't want to see? The running back going wild. Because if Derek breaks one or two, the game's over. If Derek breaks, if Derek breaks a forty-yarder for a touch, the game's over. If Derek gets to a hundred yards, the game's probably over. So don't let the running back take care of the game, which means you'll see safeties and you'll see. I want to say Atlanta sold out for Henry, and early in the game, Henry wasn't getting a whole lot, but it opened up the passing game, and then the passing game took off, and then at the end. Derek was taking over the football game and was gashing them and got to 100 yards grinding it out, which is what what you like to see. I just think that because I trust Derek more, I feel like if I feel like if Derek Henry has a good game every game, they'll win. I can't think of when he's had a good game and they've lost last week. But he didn't get 100 yards last week. I just told you 100 yards is not an indicator of a good game. Well, let's use 100 yards I mean, as the uh, indicator here. Because well, <laughs> I, I contend if Derek had gotten I want to use 80 yards, yards. How about that? No, I contend <laughs> that if Derek had gotten to 100 yards last week, they would have won. That, that, that the difference between 78 and 100, that's the difference between them winning and losing. And again, Der- it's like when a running back makes an all-pro team or, or hits a contract incentive or something, and the running back uh, you know, buys cars for all the offensive linemen or whatever. You know, there's a picture hanging up in the press box at Nissan Stadium of the Titans' offensive line and Mike Munchak, the offensive line coach at the time, along with Chris Johnson, and they were all holding up two for 2,000 yards. The Hey, it's not just Chris Johnson getting 2,000 yards. It's the offensive line getting 2,000 yards. There is something to that, and I think you probably know that better than anybody. The offensive line has got to have a good game as well for Derek to be able to get going. But if Derek can get to 100 yards and at least one, maybe two touchdowns, I feel fairly confident the Titans are going to win the game. And I think it's a lot easier for Derek to get to 100 yards than it is for Marcus to go out there and, say, throw for 300 yards and three touchdowns. But he doesn't have to do that. 
He doesn't have to just complete more than 13. <laughs> just go out there. What do we always say? We always say you go out there and you end up, you know, 18 for 22 or you end up 19 for 24 or whatever for 225 yards. 220 is the Marcus bubble. And a touchdown. I mean, if you can do that, we probably win. I mean, that's what's so frustrating. We're not asking him to go out and throw for 400. We're not even asking him to go for 300. 220, 220 to 250 is right in the Marcus bubble. That's where Marcus lives, and that's where Marcus is. And if Marcus throws for 220 to 250, you feel pretty good about it. Again, Marcus threw for 180 last week. If Marcus throws for 220, you probably win the game. So 100 for Derek. 220 for Marcus, those are kind of the magic numbers. And I contend, and I say this, if Derrick Henry has a big game, you win on Sunday. Marcus, you probably win. Derrick, you definitely win if he has a big game. So if the question is who needs to have a bigger game, I go Derrick Henry. Let's get some of your phones in. 615-737-1025-615-737-1025. Plus, if you're Vic Fangio and you're the Denver Broncos, what are you trying to stop of the Titans? Who are you worried about? Floyd will break that down. We'll get into that coming up next. Jared and the GM live at Oktoberfest. Again, here at the Bicentennial Mall. Free admission all weekend long. It's Jared and the GM on a Fireball Hot Take Friday. Fireball whiskey. Got my Fireball cinnamon whiskey sunglasses right here, Floyd. Everybody knows how much I love Fireball cinnamon whiskey. That's because it ignites the night. And it ignites the night so well. Nashville has made Fireball famous, and it continues to do so on a daily, weekly, monthly, yearly basis. And that's why I'm glad to always tell you about Fireball cinnamon whiskey. So this weekend, whatever you do, be sure to celebrate with ice-cold Fireball cinnamon whiskey. Enjoy the bar. Enjoy at home, but enjoy responsibly. Ignite the night. Please do it responsibly. Be 21 years or older to enjoy. That's Fireball cinnamon whiskey. Jerry and the GM at ESPN 1025 again. The Tennessee Titans take their show on the road to the Mile High City. Who prevails in this one? Well, I'm going with the Tennessee Titans in this one specifically because of the run game. I think they're going to establish the run game early and often and control the football game, and then everything's going to stem off that play-action pass. Everything's going to open up for the Tennessee Titans after that run game is solidified, and they're picking up chunk after chunk after chunk, and I just don't think the Broncos will be able to, to hold up defensively with that type of run game. Jared, the GM, that was Victor Cruz saying, hey, I think Derrick Henry gets going. I think the running game Titans, picking the Titans because of Derrick Henry. So, Floyd, you're Vic Fangio. What are you telling your guys about who you're letting beat them and who you're not? Who, what are you highlighting on the Titans offense? Is it as simple as you're walking in the meeting room saying, do not let the running back beat us? Well, every, every defensive coach starts every defensive meeting with that. I mean, you, when you're playing the Titans or No, when you're playing anybody. Well, like yeah, but the Chargers They'll always start with we have to stop the run. We have to make them one-dimensional. And those are probably the first two sentences out of every defensive coach's mouth at every meeting. Um and and I'm sure they're thinking that with us. I mean, if you're going to you know, who do you want to try to beat you? The quarterback and the receivers or the running game. And no defensive coach wants to get beat by a running game. So I'm sure they'll they'll line up to stop that. So, I have no I have no doubt. So what do you think that do you think it'll be hard for Derrick Henry to get started because 
these teams are going to key on trying to stop the Titans from running because they just don't want that to happen. Well, I mean, every team does. Uh, we see that every week. So, I mean, I don't think this week will be any different than any of the other weeks. The only difference in the weeks is the quality of the people they're using to stop you. And if they've got better people than you do or better people than you've seen, then they're probably going to have some success. Um, but if they don't, then, you know, you're going to you'll you'll still eke it out. Won't be won't be special, but it'll be eked. So. I think Vangio thinks if we stop the run on first and second down, then Von Miller can go get Mariota on third down. I think that's the entire thing he's thinking about is if I stop the run first and second down, I think they're more worried about Henry than they are Mariota. Because they know that if Henry Henry can run away with that game, and Fournette had two fifty five two weeks ago against them, if that happens again, they'll lose by thirty five points in Titans. I I, I hope he can get to thirty five. Two fifty five or two fifty five, that would be fantastic. Well, I'm just saying that Fournette did that, and they won Jacksonville one by two. And that's what I'm saying. I mean, I think if. It, I mean, if he gets his 255, we'll win by whatever. It doesn't matter. We'll Titans win. will win by three touchdowns if Henry goes for 255. I don't know about that, but it will win. So I'm I'm all for that. So if he can do that. Well, no, I'm just saying that Fangio Fangio's looking at it like if I don't focus significantly on stopping Henry, he's going to do to me what Fournette did. And if he does to me what Fournette did with that Titans defense, I got no shot of winning the game. That's the way he's probably looking at it. So he's probably telling him, hey, first and second downs. Everything is about stopping Derrick Henry so that I can get him in third and long, and then Mariota, we're going to come after him. The problem is is that that means the Titans have got to pass on first and second down to establish. Like, I, I remember John Madden used to say, sometimes you, you, you always use the run to set up the pass, but sometimes you have to use the pass to set up the run. And I feel like the Titans are the kind of team who has to use the pass to set up the run. Yeah, but then we just went through the third and eight scenario. Unfortunately for us, you pass on first down incomplete, pass on second down incomplete. Now you're punting. I mean, that's why you can't do that. We can't do that. We're not like other teams. We cannot, Marcus, and, and our passing game is not good enough for you to go out and do that without punting a third of the time like we are. So you got to run to set up the run? You've got to run the ball. You've got to be able to run the ball. And after you run the ball, then when it, now it's second and six, now you can do whatever you want. You gain some yard. Now it's third and two. You can do whatever you want. Anything less than third and eight and the, on the numbers that we got recently, anything less than third and eight, you're in good shape. So, you know, just give me the second and six or third and six. Actually, want third and two or three, but I mean, anything less than third and eight, we've got at least got a chance. And they have to catch it, which last week they didn't do a very good job of. Six one five seven three seven one zero two five. Jared and the GM. We are live out at Oktoberfest. Come on out this weekend. That's right here at the Bicentennial Mall for Oktoberfest. Admission is free all weekend long. By the way, get the app that they have as well. Uh, it is. The Nashville Oktoberfest app, it has a map, schedule of events, and you can pre-purchase beer tokens on the app. Uh, live German music on several stages, axe throwing, and much, much more. Let's go to your phones. Let's go to the phones here on Jared and the GM on a Fireball Hot Take Friday. Coleman is up next. Go ahead, Coleman. 
<laughs> hey, y'all. Um, so, couple questions. One, what was the average um, carries, not yards, of Eddie back in the day? And then if I remember correctly, a while back we were talking about what's the average carry that Derek needs to have. And in my mind, it's somewhere in the high 20s in order for these numbers to come up. So that was my other, that was my first question. My second question slash thought was <clears throat> the only way to um, build the pass game into the run game or vice versa or whatever is just to stay with the run game and see where that takes us. If my memory is correct, Malarkey never did that. He never gave him more than however many carries. So that's all I got. That's my thoughts, last questions. Anyway, thanks, y'all. Bye. Thank you. I, I can't say that Malarkey didn't stay with the run game. I felt like his first year especially, he was committed to the run game. Yeah, I mean, I don't... I don't know where he's getting that from. Yeah, I don't know. I mean, I think... Uh, I mean, anybody that's... Like, I, I think these guys are, you know, committed to the run game. I mean, they're, if you're if they're having success running the ball, they're probably going to keep running. So I think you have two choices, right? To me, it is either try to run it, go into the game hoping that you can run it and see where it takes you. Or the other option is to make sure you run it 25 times no matter what. You can pick one or the other. You know, run it, try to run it, and if it runs and you run well, that's fine. Or run it 25 times no matter what. And I'm not against running it 25 times no matter what. The problem is, is let's say you run it, get six yards, but it comes back for a holding penalty. So now it's first and 20. Are you still going to run it on first and 20? And most people would tell you no. So if you're going to get to 25 or 30 carries, you're going to have to run in non-running situations just in order to meet that mark. And then if you do that, we'll take 100 calls on Monday saying, why were they running the ball on second and 25, Jared? It's so funny to me because it reminds me of when Malark was here and how many calls we got with, what are we going to do with this Neanderthal offense? I hated it. They can't, they're not throwing the ball. Nobody's passing. It's all we do is run, run, run. Oh, and now here we are saying, you know what? We need to run the ball 25 times. <laughs> Nobody is ever happy. This is why. This is why. If you're an NFL team, you have a philosophy. You have an identity. And this is going to be me. And you can like it. You can lump it. I don't care. But we're going to be doing this. And, you know, at points in time, we'll change. But so. And, and. And hopefully we're headed in that direction. I'm not sure we are, but hopefully we are. Let's go to Freddie, who's up next here on Jared and the GM. Thank you for calling. Go ahead, Freddie. Jared, how are you and Laura doing? Good. Good. Okay, I want to make a comment. Again, I, I know i got two of the smartest guys in the business to uh, comment on this, but I want to make a comment. I hear y'all saying that Henry uh, got to have 100 yards plus, a good game for uh, the Titans to win. And Mariota got to have a good, good passing game. But if you look at it, uh, fellas, you got a weak spot at the right tackle, mainly at the left tackle. You got two suspects guards and a center, I guess. I can't really say nothing about the center. But when you got two uh, defensive tackles just pushing up the middle where your defensive ends can bull rush from Mariota pass, I mean, I think it's kind of impossible a passing game going. And ain't no way in the world, I think, for the running game to go because the offensive line is weak. Now, I don't know if that's a main point that 
I'm missing, but if so, y'all tell me it was super calls. I looked at the game last night between uh, New England and the Giants. I had an offensive man uh, protected Brady, plus he got two uh, rushing touchdowns, but that man got a urgency, I mean, in order to block. So I just want y'all to comment on that. And as always, guys, we'll talk to you both. Y'all take care. Thank you, Freddie. For Thanks, Freddie. I mean, Freddie's exactly right. I mean, you've got to have you got to have an offensive line that's functional. You know, you've got to be able to block. Whether you, it doesn't matter what you want to do on offense. That if you can't do that, then you know your offense is going to struggle. Well, I I mean, I don't disagree with that. The problem is, is I just don't see an answer to fix the offensive line. Time. I mean, that's all you got. Well, and they can fire the offensive line coach, but they're not going to do that. No. They should do uh, you, that. You've got, I mean, you've got to get Taylor and Saffold on the same page, let them play together a little bit of time. And this rookie, you know, right guard's got to, got to get some notches in his belt. You mean you and, don't want to try Pam Feel out? Because Pam Feel will be ready to go for the first time this week. Against the Titans, first time this year on Sunday, Pam Feel will be ready to play. You don't want Pam Feel out there? No. Why not? He's more experienced well, than Davis. I, I don't care. He's played more no, than Davis. He, no, I'm not sure he has. <laughs> <laughs> it's close. Well, Davis has played in two games, and Pam Feel played two games last there year. There you Titans. go. That's it. He gets a game a year, whether he likes it or not. So, do you do you not even consider putting Pam Feel out there? Not if I think that that Davis has a prayer. I mean, if he's got a chance, I know. But sometimes I feel like you. I don't want to say that. I don't want to say you get a little personal on it because personal is not the right word. But I think your anger for Pamfield's inability to stay healthy, uh, for whatever reason, makes you want to cut him and get rid of him. And, and but he is better than like putting like if something were to happen to one of the linemen, and you had to put either Douglas. Or Pamfield in the game? I'm putting Pamfield in the game ahead of Douglas. Well, yeah, if Pamfield's going to be there. Well, Pamfield, Vrabel said he's healthy. He's going to play. Oh, it's, for now, if he plays, if he plays half the game, he'll be back on IR. <laughs> I mean, he can't stay You can't depend on a guy like that because he's never there. Consequently, I don't even, He's not. he doesn't fit in my game plans. When I think about, okay, what are you going to do to help yourself at guard? I never, Panfield never enters my mind because I know even if he's here for the start, he won't make it to the finish and he certainly won't make it the rest of the year. 615-737-1025. Coming up next, Fireball Hot Take Friday, live from October Test. Floyd, I, I wonder if the Titans have the better quarterback in this game. But Floyd has pointed something out that I think has opened my eyes to what he thinks about, I think, the long-term future of the Titans. We'll get to that next. Jared and the GM, live from Oktoberfest at CSPN, 1025 The Game. What do you see from them on defense? You know, they again, they've got guys. I feel like I say this every single week, but, you know, they got kind of great players all across the board. You know, you talk about Harris and, uh, and Vaughn. You know, those guys have been all pro-type players for quite some time now. You know, so... For us again, it's it's a challenge. It's uh, um, you know opportunity, and uh, we just got to go make the most of it. That was Marcus Mariota, Titans quarterback, Titans and Broncos, and Floyd. I kind of asked you this question earlier, but you said if you had to pick a quarterback for one game, right. you would take Joe Flacco over Mariota. Right. Now Flacco on the season 
1,258 yards, six touchdowns. Mariota, 61%, so less than Joe. 1,100 yards, less than Joe. But he has seven touchdowns and no picks. Flacco has six touchdowns and I believe three interceptions. But three of his touchdowns came in a loss against Jacksonville. So every game he's throwing about one touchdown a game. And you'd rather have Joe Flacco, an older guy who can't run, to Marcus, a younger guy who can run, for one game. Right. And that opened my eyes to something. Do you want to know what that opened my eyes to? What's that? You always talk about J-Rob, and this is the year for Marcus, and, you know, that um, maybe if J-Rob, J-Rob's been around Marcus so long that he's probably already made up his mind on Marcus. By you saying that you would take Joe Flacco, a quarterback you don't even like, to win one game, overtaking Mariota, has this GM on this show already made up his mind on Mariota? No. That's not what it feels like to me. I know you've made up your I'm mind not, on Joe Flacco. I, I, well, yeah. I mean, I, but, I mean, I've I've never liked Flacco. But Flacco did win a Super Bowl. Didn't you I say mean, you Flacco, questioned yourself after he won the Flacco, Super Bowl and then felt better when he went back to stinking? Flacco, I mean, Flacco has never been a big... I mean, all the things you want to say negative about Flacco, and we've all said him before. The truth is, he is a big-arm guy. He can throw the ball down the field. If he's throwing a crossing pattern or something inside, it's a laser, and it's accurate. Now, he is not a great movement guy, and he's going to get knocked around and all of that. Um, But when you're just talking about throwing the ball, I mean, he throws the ball well. And and I think if if you've got a guy, given you're putting him on the same exact team, and you're saying, okay, who's going to have the best chance of winning this game for you? I mean, it's you're probably not going to win it by running the ball. You know, you're probably got by. I mean, by him running the ball, by scrambling, you're going to win it by how well he throws it. And I would be confident that Flacco could go into one game and throw it better than Marcus. And that tells me all I need to know about what I think you think of Mariota. Why is that? Because if you're saying that Joe Flacco can throw the ball better than him and that you would trust Joe in a game game. to throw the ball better than Marcus. For one game. Right. See, my thing is this. I know you don't like Flacco. Right. And so if you're going to take Flacco even for one game, a guy you don't like, you'll take over Marcus for one game. Well, what, it tells me that you, you don't like Marcus. How can you take Marcus? How can you take Marcus? I would take Marcus. Well, I, and I more think power Marcus. To you. I think Marcus is the better but starting there is NFL quarterback than Joe Absolutely, no way you could take Marcus if you have to go out and win a playoff game or win a whatever kind of game you want to talk about. And you've got to have somebody that's going to go out there in an NFL game and be an NFL quarterback. Flacco has a much better chance of it than Marcus. Not that Marcus couldn't do it, but as we see with this team, Marcus is very up and down, up and down. And you would go into the game not knowing which Marcus was going to show up. And that would be a problem. If this were a trial and I were cross-examining you, I would say, Your Honor, the defense, we don't ask any more questions. What you just said right there is further proof 
of why I am starting to believe that the GM, not the real GM, but this GM, that you have made up your mind on this quarterback and that you are not interested in signing him past this year. That you're willing to give him the rest of the year. Because you hate Flacco, and for one game you'd rather have Flacco. And if there were any other quarterback that you were going to sign long-term, you would take that quarterback over Flacco for one game. Who would you take for one game? Mahomes or Flacco? (laughs) Okay. And then my other... So, like, who's a fringe quarterback? Deshaun Watson... Or Flacco for one game. Deshaun, they're they're on Thank the same you. team. They're on the same. They're playing for the same offense. Yes. Yeah. You're taking Deshaun Watson. Absolutely. Okay. Joe Flacco or Kirk Cousins for one game. Uh, wow, that's a good one. I'd say Cousins. And you don't even like Cousins. Right. So that's my point. Is you'll take all these other guys. You would have never given Cousins that contract in Minnesota. No. You thought that was one of the dumbest things in the league to give oh, him yeah. all guaranteed money. Never done it. And they're going to be stuck with him next year, even though they're ready to get rid of him now. They can't because they're going to be stuck with him next year. Now, maybe the Titans trade for Cousins next year, and he's the quarterback. Oh, Lord, but, please don't. But, see, that's how he feels about Cousins. And he would take Cousins over Flacco, and he would take Deshaun over Flacco, and he would take, try to, um, let's see, uh, I don't. I, I mean, I got news. Jameis or Flacco? I got news. For One you. game, Jameis or Flacco? I got news for you. Probably seventy-five percent of the people that you ever talked to would take those same people. Okay, Jameis or Flacco? Ooh, I don't know about that one. But you would that, take? I would think that maybe is Flacco. But you would take for one game for sure. Would take Joe Flacco over Marcus? Yeah. Your Honor. I rest my case. I don't need anything more. The, I don't the need only any more case, evidence. the I only, got my testimony right here. The only, I mean, there is absolutely no, I mean, that's not what we're talking about. You're talking about one game. Right. You're not talking about a career or seasons. I know, but for the fact that you would, for one game, take Joe Flacco, a guy you can't stand, and Kirk Cousins, because you would take Cousins over Flacco, another guy you can't stand. The fact that you would take those guys for one game over Mariota tells me that that your opinion of Mariota is so low that there's no way he could ever get into the giving him real money phase, in your opinion. Well, what's real money? $30 million a year? 25 uh, 25 maybe. $30 million? No, he can't. If that's real money, then no. He'll, he'll never get into that, not off of this year's performance. For me. That's just for me. So I told you the so, other day. But it's not. You're talking about two different things. You're talking about one game. I know, but the feelings and, of the one and, game. And, and, well, it doesn't matter. I mean, you're talking about one game. Now you're talking about what. I mean, he could go out starting this weekend and for the next five weeks throw for 300 yards a game and three or four touchdowns and be the highest rate quarterback in the league. Talking about Flacco or Mariota? Mariota. I bet you. He and won't if be. he does that, well, I don't think he will either. But if he does that, then your opinion completely changes. By the same token, he could go out these next five games and th- complete thirteen passes a game, and you know what? By the end of the five games, probably won't even be starting. So, so I mean, it just depends on what. That's why you've got got to wait this thing out. You don't know which way it's going to go. Judge Ian, I rest my case. 
Do you think I'm right? I'm leaning your way, yes. Yes, 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 he is. We are. We have cracked the case of the mysterious general manager that if you are going to take Joe Flacco and Kirk Cousins, you hate Cousins, and you're going to take Kirk Cousins for one game over Mariota. You don't Mariota. see, you, you, you missing this. This is, this is why it's hard to talk to you. I mean, this is why it's, this is like I'm talking to my wife again. I mean, it just goes around and around in circles. I I, I do sympathize with Sally a lot sometimes. You know, you blame Marcus for the 13 completions last week, and I've tried to tell you they dropped four of them, and he's getting sacked, and, you know, he's, and every time it goes. And I've tried to tell you, I've tried to tell you every time you bring that up. That the same exact thing happens to every single quarterback in every single game, every single week. Let's but let's, for some reason, because it's Marcus, it's more significant. Let's get to the callers. 615-737-1025. 615-737-1025. Have we cracked the code with Floyd? Have we figured it out? Is the Joe Flacco decision the breaking point? For the for the feel of the GM, I got. You're so full of it. I mean, I don't even <laughs> Six, know what one, you're five, saying. Seven three seven one zero two. That's okay. The people know what I mean, and Ian knows what I mean. Six one five seven three seven one zero two five is the phone number. We'll get your calls in. Plus, the one thing that we we've talked about a little bit this week, but haven't gone into maybe the single most important thing for the Titans on Sunday. We'll get to that coming up next. Jared and the GM Fireball Hot Take Friday, live from Oktoberfest at the Bicentennial Mall. Again, come on out and celebrate all weekend long. Admission is free. Jared and the GM, CSPN 1025, the game. What did Cody show in that first workout that, you know, maybe didn't push him up past Cairo? Yeah, it was, again, it was really close. I mean, I think they, they all made everything that we asked them to kick. It was a very competitive workout, a very good workout. And, um, you know, in the end, you have to make decisions, and you know. So we've we've moved on now here to Cody, and, and we'll get started with that here today. I don't want to say this is like a pants down situation for Vrabel, but it is a tough spot to be in. You chose the other kicker over this kicker, then the other kicker couldn't make a kick, so now you're bringing in this kicker, who is obviously not as good as the other kicker when you signed that kicker, and now here you are, and no one's talking about it, but the kicker might be the single most important aspect about the Titans we have no idea about going into Sunday's game. Which, again, is a scary, scary proposition, but that's exactly right. I mean, we, we have no clue. I mean, we've, we've seen him perform in Chicago and other places, but but you know, we haven't seen it. Yeah, we haven't seen him in a Titans uniform do anything. Well, we've seen him double doink. Ian just said that he's rooting for Cody Parkey to hit the uprights. <laughs> <laughs> it would be so That's funny. It. God, it would be so funny. <laughs> Let's hope that it doesn't It'll matter. Give in the Floyd game. a heart yeah. attack. Over Only there. if we're ahead by twenty-one points, then go ahead and doink it. Meanwhile, I have a theory. And let me highlight my theory and that my theory is the basis of an opinion that was made by myself and as no other added or and I am not insinuating it is anybody else's opinion. But my theory is that the GM, by saying he would take Joe Flacco in one game over Marcus Mariota and would take Kirk Cousins over Joe Flacco, whom he hates, that that tells me that the GM has no faith in Marcus 
and would not want to re-sign Marcus if he were still the GM. Wrong. Let's go to the phones. I, you can't say that. It's wrong. my theory. Oh, okay. It's my Now, that, you can say the that's theory good. is wrong. That's good because that's that helps me and a lot of the people out as soon as you take and call it your own. And that uh, did I not that highlight answers, at the beginning of this? This a is one hundred percent my theory of how you think. Nobody ever listens to that stuff. I think they. <laughs> I think they agree. Let's go to your phone. Drew is up next here on a Fireball Hot Take Friday on Jared and the GM. What's up, Drew? Hey, fellas. Uh, listen, I think that you have broke the code. I rarely agree with you. I always, mostly agree with Floyd. I think you broke the code. If he's going to take Flacco. And it doesn't matter if it's one game, ten games, ten seasons. If he's the more no, capable no, passer. No, it does now. No, on it does. Night, if, he, if he's the more capable passer and the more For capable For one second, game. Right. One he, game. He gives us the best chance to win. I think that that means his, the mind's made up. And I think he even made up my mind because I've been on the fence whether he's the guy or not. <laughs> and I think now I know he's not the guy. <laughs> Woo-hoo, Floyd. Thank you, Drew. What? Your reaction to his call? Your well, thought? It's your theory. <laughs> I have no reaction to your theory. Well, I, I was thinking this: like, who would you take to win one game right now? Josh, uh, um, God, what's the guy's Alan? name? No, 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 no. Uh, Daniel Jones. Daniel Jones or Joe Flacco? Daniel Jones played pretty well last night for a rookie. I thought in his, you know. Uh, I don't. I haven't seen enough of Daniel Jones to to really know. Last night was my really only exposure, but for a half, I mean, he put the ball in the money. I, I was impressed. So it sounds like you would take Daniel Jones over Flacco. No, I don't know. I haven't seen enough of him. Okay, fine. Josh Allen or or Flacco for one game. Oh, Flacco. Uh, Baker Mayfield or Flacco for one game. Mm. Same team. I don't know. I'd have to think about that one. So you'd have to think about this. I think Marcus is a way better quarterback than Baker Mayfield right now. Well, I, that's see, that's that's why these arguments are kind of lame. Right, but this argument is about what you think. And if you think that if you think that Baker is way better than Marcus, when Baker has stunk up the joint this year, in his second year, where Marcus lit it up his second year, that that again that that goes along with my theory. I could get if it was a rookie quarterback and you said, no, I'll take Flacco to win one game over taking the rookie quarterback or the second-year quarterback. We're talking about a fifth-year quarterback. If you're going to take Flacco to win one game over the fifth-year quarterback... And what's the fifth year? What have we said the entire, for four years, what have we said the fifth year is? The year for Marcus to prove himself. There you go. There you go. My argument is that you've already 11 games to prove himself. Or to disprove himself. And these next 11 games, as I've said all along for four years, are going to be critical. And they're going to be important to him. And at the end of the 11 games, or if he falls on his face, or if he sets it on fire between now and then, you'll make your decision. And so that's that's why... He can play for, for one game. I can take somebody else. But for a season, I mean, I wouldn't for the season, I would take Marcus because I want to see what Marcus does. That's that's important. I stand so by. It's it's completely different. I know it's hard to 
I know. I know what you're saying. It's hard to get through to you. <laughs> but I would say that as of right now, unless but, Marcus just completely does a 180, you're out. Not, I would say that's untrue. Trent is up next here on Jared and the GM Fireball Hot Take Friday. What's up, Trent? Uh, nothing much. So I'm not saying that your theory is wrong, but if you would take Marcus over Kirk Cousins, you are crazy. Kirk Cousins at least played well enough in Washington to make somebody want to pay him that kind of money. And then he swapped teams and went on a deep playoff run and was one game away from a Super Bowl. No, he wasn't. Well, he, that was be- Case he beat Keenum. the Saints. No, that was Case Keenum. Oh, all right, sorry. The whole idea, and this is why people don't like Cousins. Thank you for your call, Trent. This is part of the reason why people don't like Cousins is because they were one game away from the Super Bowl with Case freaking Keenum as their quarterback, and we all know Case Keenum sucks. Uh, And they said, well, if we can bring in and pay the money, even though we're not going to want to do this contract with Cousins, if we pay the money to Cousins, he's so much better than Keenum that that will put us over the top. And it hasn't. In fact, you could argue it's made them worse, which is the problem for Cousins. I mean, I don't really have an opinion on Cousins. I always liked Cousins in Washington. I always just figured Washington was a tire fire and that they didn't have a good coach and didn't have a GM and didn't have an owner that knew anything and they had no good players. And I kind of wanted to see what Cousins did outside of Washington because I kind of liked what I saw from Cousins. Now that I've seen what Cousins has done outside of Washington, I think Cousins is probably, you know, he's probably a lot like Flacco, honestly. You know, he's probably right there in that gray area of – He's not ever going to be a good enough starter anywhere, but he's better than, say, the guy that's, you know, the Blaine Gabberts of the world. And that's what Cousins is. The problem is, is they're paying Cousins like he's a legit, bona fide, big boy quarterback. Cousins is Jeff George, who's, when you look at the numbers, you look at the stats, you look at all that stuff, you go, wow, look at this. Look at these numbers. When you look at the wins and losses, it's different. And they're those kind of – I mean, Jeff George, nobody could throw the ball better than Jeff George. He could. Jeff George led the AFC in passing, and they won four games. <laughs> so that gives you an idea. That may be the meanest thing you could say about somebody. That they can't win? No. Well, the, I mean, meanest, the meanest thing you could say is that he might – that he is Jeff George. Oh. <laughs> that might be the, the meanest thing you can say. And – Again, I, and here's the other thing: the receivers in Minnesota hate Cousins, and I don't know why. And I, I don't, I don't watch Cousins enough to be able to make a judgment on Cousins. But Thielen and Diggs have both come out about how they, you know, not happy and all kinds of stuff. And I think Minnesota's got a culture problem over there. They may be getting a little too big for their britches in Minnesota, thinking because they got to an NFC title game that they did something, which is the thing Floyd always tries to tell you. Getting to the conference championship game is one step short of doing something. And that's what makes losing the conference championship game so painful. Because you lose the conference championship and it's like, you didn't do anything. Nobody knows who did it. Nobody knows who lost it. They know who got to the Super Bowl. Matt Ryan got to a Super Bowl. Everybody knows about that. 615-737-125. Coming up next, live from Oktoberfest, three things from Floyd. Floyd's three things, three up, three down. Three things he wants to see. Three things he does not want to see on Sunday against the Broncos. We'll get to that coming up next. It's Jared and the GM. It's a Fireball Hot Take Friday. It's ESPN 1025, the game.